Hello and welcome to the Inspired Equity podcast. My name is Richard Putherer and I'm here with my co-host, business partner and wife, Nina. We are the founders of Inspired Equity, the London-based investment business that specialises in property acquisition and development. And between us, we are world record holders, international investors, prolific networkers, speakers and coaches, and it is our absolute pleasure to introduce our podcast. On this show, we'll be discussing all aspects of successful property investing, covering everything from simple buy-to-let properties to multi-million pound developments. We'll be interviewing industry leaders and hosting live Q&As with expert panels and keeping you up to date with the ever-changing and exciting world of property. Tonight, it gives me great pleasure to introduce Martin Patel to you all. Martin is a highly experienced business leader, entrepreneur, commodities trader, and property investor. He started three separate businesses in three different sectors, fashion, solar energy, and finance and derivatives, all reaching multi-million pound turnovers. He trades stocks, shares, commodities, currencies, and we have him here this evening with us to talk about his views on the current market and the economy. It also gives me a great sense of pride to have Martand on uh, this evening as well, because Martand actually mentored Nina and myself in property when we were starting out, and we've remained great friends ever since. So Martand, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Richard. Thank you, Nina. Yeah, it's always great to uh, reconnect with you guys. Um, I remember the mentorship really well. Um, fond memories, yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. And we actually bought some properties then as well, didn't we? So, yeah, you um, did. Yeah, you did. You did. So, and I introduced you to a power team as well. Um, guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exceptional times. Yeah. So this evening, and I need to do the formal bit for um, the <laughs> listeners this evening. So we're not regulated or authorised by the FCA. We're going to be talking yeah. about investments. But um, these are just Martin's and my views. We're not giving um, yeah. any investment advice. So just Correct. a little bit. Martin, for all our guests this evening, do you want to give us a bit of background? Yeah, about I, look, I don't want to, yeah, I'll just give you a very, very brief, uh, quick background. Um, you know, I, I started life, uh, I've got a PhD in chemistry. Um, one of the things that I think, uh, I want to inspire people. Right. So one of the things that uh, I, I will say to you guys as well is I came from uh, Uganda as a refugee at the year uh, eight years old uh, to the UK. Um, and at that time, you know, my father said one of two things, you know, we were kicked out of Uganda, uh, which will bring me along to the reason why I'm going to talk about one of the items. Right. Uh, when we were kicked out of Uganda, uh, you know, we didn't have any any money. We couldn't bring out over any money. Uh, oh no we could bring over money but what we couldn't bring over was any of our belongings couldn't sell the houses because everyone knew that we we're getting kicked out now from that experience my father actually said to me no matter where you go obviously when you've been kicked out of a country you know in inward you always want to think well i want to do something for my generation to make sure and my father's best words of wisdom were you know they can always take your money they can take everything away from you but one thing that they cannot take away from you is your mind. I want you and you know, your sister to get really well educated, right? The other thing that, uh, you know, we came over with 500 shillings in those days, right? Uh, from, from Uganda and my mum's uh, gold jewelry, right? And I'll, I'll explain about the gold jewelry later on. 
Uh, but it just gives you a perspective. And we started afresh, nothing, right? Um, so just bearing that, in, just bearing that in, in mind, you know, um, I, I got a PhD uh, in chemistry. I've got 13 European, uh, 13 international publications and two European fellowships. That's the top level, right? Um, but, you know, I, I've been doing that. Uh, and then I decided that, you know, I, I, I always wanted to go into business. So then went into business and I went into women's fashion. So imagine just going from a lab coat to women's fashion, right? Uh, I traveled, I traveled the world, which is great. I went to the Far East. Uh, from there, I went into derivatives train, uh, trading as well. Uh, I, I brought Martin from zero to two million turnover in just shy of two years. And I think that's because of the dynamics. Uh, you know, my, my father had a, a different way of thinking. I had a very modern way of thinking uh, from there in the derivative trading uh, climate. I actually lost a huge amount of money uh, during the dot-com bubble, uh, restarted again. And I think this is what's important right now today in today's environment, you know, people are gonna be under a, a lot of stress, that, 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 and, but there's so many opportunities out there, right? Uh, started that and then after, after doing uh, that, I went, I'd always been involved in property uh, and then I went on to start a solar business because my, I, I'm passionate about renewable energy. Uh, again, I hit the right time uh, in solar industry and you know, it just took off like that. Uh, after that, I decided, you know, I want a bit of security as well. So I went into property. Um, and I, I'm, I'm constantly mentoring and coaching people as well. I enjoy that, right? I, I'm, a, I'm a teacher, you know, inbred in me is you know, a, a, an academic's mind as well. Um, but right now, you know, today, when you reached out to me, uh, I felt that a lot of people are just missing something really big at the moment in, in the markets, not just property markets. That's so interesting, Martin, and, and, and th thank you. What is it that you think people are missing out on at the moment, given the current economy and yeah. all of the, the, the change in circumstances around the world? And what are the things that people are, are doing wrong? Okay. Well, I wouldn't say doing wrong, Richard. It's not about doing wrong. It's about not looking at it in the correct way, right? It's not, you can sit on your backside and you, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, you're not doing anything wrong, but it's missing the opportunities, right? In today's climate, um, you know, you are, you are going to be, you know, we have to be more and more adaptable now as we go forward. You know, there's no such thing as job security, right? So it's more of a case of being able to adapt. And, and in my case, it's a case of being able to adapt and make, make money, right? Uh, yeah, become successful and, 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 and make money. And I think what the, you know, if you, if you just cast your mind back to the dot-com bubble, and then, you know, uh, the financial crisis of 2008. Now, what that did was it put a lot of people off stocks and shares, a lot. You know, instead, what happened was, you know, uh, people went, like myself uh, and like you and Richard and uh, Nina as well, uh, you know, we went into property. I, I love property. Don't get me wrong. I'm passionate about property. But things move in a cycle. It's almost like snakes and ladders. And what people have to think about is sometimes one asset class is doing better than the other asset class, right? What I want people to really focus on is not being blinkered. Don't be blinkered. Open your mind to a wealth of opportunities that could be arising in your environment, okay? So because people have been off 
yeah, all you hear about is property. The UK is fixated about property, more so than any other European nation, right? Uh, the Americans are obviously very much into, into property anyway. Um, but I felt that, you know, I, how many people, and I, I'd love to know from the audience, by the way, <laughs> uh, thank you for joining in. Uh, I'd love to know how many of you guys actually took advantage of the flash crash, which happened in the stock market, right? So we went from March to, uh, you know, to the end of March, beginning of April, the FTSE just dropped like a stone, like a stone. And everyone was deers in the headlights, right? Now, a lot of people may have been frightened by it. Uh, it, it, it hit and all of a sudden, and then it, it just bounced up. Now, the world markets actually bounced up far greater than the FTSE 100, right? And as property investors, we always look for passive income. You know, I'm sure you guys have all heard it. Passive income, passive income. And then it wasn't until a couple of weeks ago uh, that Kiki and I were, were talking um, and I said to him, listen, the people are missing a big thing here right now. I can see something going to happen really big because everyone was fixated about COVID-19, you know, and how everything was going to deteriorate and everything was going to go to, 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 to shit, basically, pardon my language, right? Um, but it didn't happen. You know, we knew that some, somehow there'll be a vaccine. People will still be flying eventually, not immediately, but eventually. Yeah, everyone is fixated about electric cars. You know, petrol is dead, diesel's dead. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I started looking at these oil majors thinking, hang on a minute, hold on. This is a long established country, uh, company right now. And it is at a 25 year low. So how many times do you go out in your designated area and look for BMV deals. If people don't know what BMV deals are, they're below market, right? Everyone is knocking on the door and saying, well, actually, I want a BMV deal. I want a BMV deal. I want a BMV deal. Yet, they can't see a BMV deal right in front of their eyes. Right in front of their eyes. They cannot see it, yeah? Um, I looked at it and I said to Kiki, Kiki, listen, you know, uh, start doing this, mate. He went, yep, that's fine. I said, we need to put it out there. And literally, the day that we, the, 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 the week that we made that video, all of a sudden, I didn't know that, you know, the vaccine was going to be found. What I based it on was fundamental analysis saying, this is crazy, this is stupid. Now it's time, I don't care, I'm going to buy some, and what I'm going to do is, if it drops some more, I'm going to buy some more. This is a great company. Do I want to own that business? When you're investing, it, it's not necessarily trading, it's investing, uh, because it, it's different things for different people. Do I want to be an owner of this com co company? Will it produce me a dividend? Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I picked up BP. BP's dividend is out of this world at the moment. Now, they're saying, oh, can they maintain dividend payments? Yes, they can, right? As long as oil is above uh, $30 a barrel and forecast is $45 a barrel. It's actually risen today. Uh, also, stuff like SmithKline Glexo. Have you heard of SmithKline Glexo? Yeah, it's a solid company. This company is giving you a 6.3% yield, right? And I said to Kiki, hold on, you don't have to be adventurous. You don't have to be out there. If you are in the mindset of, actually, I just want my money to work harder for me rather than the bank. Okay, so I said, well, I'm going to buy some of those as well, right? So I bought everything in, in an ISA because I've got ISAs ready as well, 
So I bought some uh, stuff in an ISA. Literally after I'd uh, done this uh, webinar with uh, Kiki, uh, which is on our YouTube channel, right? Um, literally, COVID, yeah, the vaccine came out, stock market just took off like a rocket, right? So within a two week span, I'd actually, yeah, I, I've actually made almost 45, 47%. Now I bought, the way to do it is to have, uh, it depends on your risk profile, right? When you're looking at investing, it's a case of, okay, I'm sure all our listeners have got some money in the bank, right? It's sitting there and they're probably thinking, well, I'm looking for a BMV deal. And we know right now what's happened to the property market is because there's a shortage of properties, yeah? People are not willing to let them go. There are no distressed sellers out there and we look for distressed sellers. So, oh, yeah, okay, so I've got all this money sitting around, sitting in a bank account doing bugger all, but I'm actually looking for a deal and I can't find a deal that's reasonable for me, right? Uh, each person has their own level of reasonable deals. So why not invest some of this money? Say, okay, well, I actually, I'm gonna get a yield of 6.3%. I'm going to get a yield of 7.3 on this one. I'm going to have a small portion as going really for growth, something that can be out of this world, right? But I'm going to risk a small portion of that against these sort of stocks. So that's what I've done basically. And I wanted to make people aware that there are opportunities now, but unless you're in tune with what's going on, you can't take advantage of these property, uh, yeah, th these deals. It's, it's a brilliant point, Martin. And so you've obviously got a very diverse, a diverse investment yeah. portfolio. And you, know, you and I talk about um, the the people that sort of the one trick ponies. Not only are they just yeah. in, um, investing in in one sector, but they're just doing one thing in that one yeah. sector. Yeah. Uh, so let's use property. You now I, I love property. Yeah, uh, property I, I love property. Yeah, we both made money through property. Exactly. Um, yeah. I see so many people just same property type, same town, same tenant type. And I think it's a disastrous strategy. I was asked to speak at an event only uh, last week and I was saying this is, this is one of the most dangerous strategies you can deploy. But you take that to a whole new level. Yeah. How do people, um, you've obviously got so much experience, you can do this just almost through reflex action. Yeah. How do people go and find out how to understand about trading commodities? I know well, you're, you do metals as well. Yeah. How do people go and train themselves in, in each of those different segments? Okay, so the first way is, you know, the, I would have thought the vast majority of people on, on the podcast today, right? Maybe not traders, they're more, more investors. It depends. You know, one thing I, I think, you know, we talked about, if I put myself back as a 24-year-old, right? Let's say I'm going to put myself back as a 24-year-old. You know, I, I set up a business at the time. But this time, I want to, I've got, say, five grand or eight grand in the bank. Right? I've saved up. I've got that money in the bank. Actually, I haven't got enough money to buy a property or, 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 or do something like that. I would be more inclined because the property, yeah, the, the share market took such a big dive. The property market didn't take a dive at all, right? The FTSE fell. You know, BP is down 45%. It was actually down 55%. 55%, right? So, you know, when you when you look at stuff like that, so let's say if you, you know, you read the papers, right? The one thing uh, you find that most successful people have, the trait that they have is that they read a lot. Yep. Yeah. They read a lot. 
They understand what's going on. They read it lightly, but they read. They keep themselves up to date, current affairs, right? I'm not saying, you know, and that is a, a solid trait throughout anyone who is successful, right? So you're automatically, you, it, it comes to you. Right. So then it's understanding, OK, so I, I want to do a bit of stops and shares. I understand what, what's going on. You may have a trader's mindset. And I would say, you know, if you were if you were it, you first have to decide what risk uh, capital you want to take and then whether you're a trader or whether you're an investor, you know, and we were talking about age. right? Someone of my age is less likely to trade than more likely to invest. Right. So yeah. if the case of return. Uh, you know, getting a good yield. So I look at shares like property. You know, what I, I do in my own head is make it very simple. And I think that's why I'm successful and also successful at making people understand as well. So I treat shares like like property. So let's say, you know, when you're when you're doing research on, on a property, you're gonna work out, you know, is there demand, you know, what what sort of, you know, what kind of tenants are you going to get? And you're going to do all your due diligence on the shares. You're going to do the same sort of thing. You're going to first of all say, well, do I actually want to own this business? Because as a shareholder, you own that business, right? Could I see a future in this business? Is it below market? When do I think it will rise back to a certain level? So I always in my head have a buying price and I know, never know whether I'm going to buy at the bottom or not. I do have, and I, I can, show people and teach people about it yeah uh, but i do have measurements on extremes on how to measure extremes then when it's an, an extreme and uh, share trading or or, or, or anything uh, even property is governed by human emotion right it's governed by human emotion and trading is instantaneous human emotion right it, it, with property you know people don't sell and it's slow moving right so it's very, very slow moving where with the shares, it's very fast moving. So whatever idea that you have, whatever concept you have, you'll know pretty soon whether you're wrong or right. Right. Um, but if you're investing, let's say, you know, for me, it was a case of, OK, so we've got a little bit of money, uh, you know, with the, the you know, with the, the low and uh, uh, announces of CGT coming into play. Right. Yeah, landlords are being bashed. We're both landlords. We're both into property. But right now, there's a lot of landlord bashing. No matter where you look, right? They're on us, right? They're not. They're on us. They're going to tax us. They're going to put all sorts of things at the moment. So I looked. I thought, hang on a minute. Okay. They hate that. But no one's looking at that. No one's looking at that. I understand that. Yeah, I'm a trader as well. But I understand that on an investment perspective as well. So it's more of a case of, okay, I'm buying a house. This is a solid house called Smith Klein Glaxo, right? Which I bought at almost a 20 year low, not 20, 20 year low, 12, 12 year low, 10 year low, right? Now, I, I couldn't believe it. The price was great. Uh, and I thought, yeah, I'll have a bit of that because that's 6.3% yield, right? So I bought some of that, uh, put it in, and that's my big buy to let. Think about it. You know, when you, if you have a buy to let in London, after you paid off your mortgage, you may have difficulties with your tenants, everything else, but your yield is quite low. Yeah. Right? Your yield is quite low. We always talk about ROI. You can achieve ROI, phenomenal ROI, but then that's trading. That's not investing. Right? So I'm getting a yield of 6.3%, which is better than the buy to let. 
It's a good company. It's not going to go to zero. I'm buying it at a 12-year low. That's fine. I can, you know, if we, if we do a project property and you know what we've done, uh, not that I have, but you do your numbers wrong. And there's lots of people that do it wrong. A lot. I would say 99% of them do it wrong. Right. But then they say, well, actually I'm going to sit on it and I'm just going to rent it out until it comes to the price point where I can sell it. A share market, a share is no, no, no different. It's paying you an income while you're waiting. Right. But it's up to you to decide when you want to sell it. Right. So for me, it was a case of long term. OK, I'm getting 6.3 percent yield on this one. I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. So I want to do a bit of this, bit of that, bit of this. And that's how it all started, Richard. Uh, you know, with trading, you can leverage it as well, which and I'm working on something else at the moment as well, which hopefully in a couple of weeks I'll release on how you can actually get greater ROI um, by using certain you know, derivatives, basically. Okay, interesting. I look forward to hearing about that. And um, what's your view on the phenom phenomenon where people, when they buy an increase in stock, they find that they want to sell it quite quickly because they can actually realise the profit when it actually makes more sense to keep it. Yeah. But when they've got a losing stock, they refuse to sell it because then they're realising the loss. So yeah. it's the wrong way round. Yeah. So uh, what's your view on that phenomenon? Yeah, it's, it's human nature, Richard, right? It's human nature. People often sell too quickly or sell too late, right? Again, it's, they don't want to get, they don't want to, when you're investing, you don't necessarily, so, it, you know, it, it, so going back to Smith, Klein, Glaxo, you know, when I looked at that, um, I actually wanted to buy that uh, just below the 12, uh, 12 pound mark, Right. I know it wasn't going to go there. So I started averaging in at about uh, 1280, 1260, which were the lows. I didn't realize they were the lows, but I thought, well, I'm going to save a little bit of gunpowder because I'll buy it there as well. And I know, you know what, if it drops to 10, so what? I'll just buy some more. It just means that the yield is better. Right. If I'm a trader, it's different because I'm a margin. Right. Mm. That's a completely different kettle of fish. Right. Uh, but when you're investing, it's more of a case of I'll buy it, I'll buy some more, uh, and then I'm getting it, I'm getting paid to sit on it anyway. So you know, I, I, yeah, within three or four years, I'm sure that this share will go back. But lo and behold, you know, I, I bought BP at one pound ninety two, right? It wow. hit today. It hit yesterday, uh, two pounds seventy eight. Just think about it. Yeah, that's a phenomenal return. Right. So, so you could I trade those like, anyway rather than invest, couldn't you, with those ones? You could. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah. But I thought, yeah. well, do I want to sell it? But I haven't. If I bought it in my trading account, oh, there's no doubt I would have, uh, I, I would have sold it, right? But I didn't buy it in my trading account. I actually bought it in my investment account. So I thought, yeah. well, do you know what? Yeah, it, 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 it will let out some air because it hits quite a high peak. So it'll probably go to two fifty, two two forty five. It's fine. Still pay me a, deal, uh, a dividend. Oil is going to increase. Uh, because, you know, we, we talked about commodities, right? So another big thing that people are missing, because of COVID, what's happened is that the world supply of certain uh, commodities, we are going to go into a, a, a situation where inflation is going to come through commodities, right? You can see it in oil prices at the moment, because what happened is when oil went to, yeah, how many people actually took advantage of, you know, when oil hit, $10, below $10. Yeah, it went to zero, it went negative. 
but the the you know, none of the houses would have let you buy it negative, right? But unless you have an account ready, I've got an account on my phone, right? So if if I see something and I think, do you know what, that that's out of whack, I will buy it, right? Um, but because of that, a lot of investment was stopped in oil majors. So the oil majors cut back. A lot of the, you know, there was shale uh, oil as well because they couldn't make it work with the price of oil being where it is. So they cut down production. Yes, there is a glut of oil in the market, but once everything starts picking up, once the vaccine comes out and we start to fly, we start to drive, there's going to be a shortage of oil because these guys have not had investments in that arena again. The same thing happened. I don't know if you can remember, oil went to about uh, you know, $110, $115 yeah. after the financial crisis. Can you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Same thing is going to happen this time. Interesting. Because no one has invested in, yeah, in a business. You've got to always invest. Yeah, you've got to always invest. So there are, you know, uh, things like, uh, you know, when I trade commodities, it's also, uh, you know, trading sugar, soya beans. You can trade every anything, right? Uh, and it's almost finding a, a, where it's at low. I don't, I don't necessarily just trade it for the sake of trading it. If it hits a certain point, now I think that doesn't make sense anymore. And I use common sense. Then I'm going to have some of that. I'm going to tuck it away. I'm going to see what happens. Um, but yeah, so that, I think that that's where, uh, you know, and, and obviously with all the, uh, money printing, you know, uh, with, uh, with so much fiat currency around Richard, you know, we are printing money. Uh, I don't know if you saw the news this, uh, this afternoon. So, uh, yeah, Sunak came in, he's going to borrow even more, right? Rishi Sunak is going to borrow, borrow even more. He's already said, we're going to have the worst recession in 300 years. The worst, and where are property prices at the moment, Richard? Uh, they're topping out. You know, I was talking to you, to you earlier. I, I just know where. I, I talked to you about my neighbour. He's sold his house for about ten percent yeah. more than he and I believe it's worth. But it's 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 insane. There's there's crazy things going on, and we yeah. uh, the you know, obviously with the the, um, the extension of the furloughing, they're just yeah. kicking the can down the road, and there's this just crazy behaviour going on. So it's yeah. a tough to find, as you mentioned. Those yeah. deals that you are actually going to really um, set us apart and make sure that we cement the property for, for, for the future. Now, we, we talk 2008, 2009, uh, all the people that went out spending with, um, with reckless abandon were the ones that were losing their properties the next year. And the exactly. people, smart people, 2009 was where when Nina and I first started out in property. And yeah. that's where we really made some uh, exceptional. Yeah. That's, where we that's where I made my money. I made my money in when there was blood on the streets. Everyone was, oh, I hate property. Property's going down. Well, they were doing the same thing to the share market. Even now, the FTSE is not caught up with the other world markets, right? The American markets are all-time highs now, right? And with COVID going on, the Nikkei has gone, is never going to be an all-time high, but it's, it's been in this band for 10 years, you know, two decades, basically. But it's broken out of that band and it's climbing pretty fast. Um, so it, it, it is a case of understanding, you know, and opening your mind to other possibilities. And this is where I think people need to be a bit more, yeah, let me open my mind to other, what are other opportunities rather than me just sort of sitting at home, mind furlough. Uh, let me find out a little bit more about this. Let me find out a little bit more about that, basically. 
I, I couldn't agree more. And um, with all of the, um, the fiat money um, hitting the streets, what's what's your view on precious metals, gold, silver? Yeah, I mean, that brings me back to, you know, the story about the gold. OK, yeah. that, there's a reason why I said that story. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of people don't believe in gold, right? Uh, it's, it's an Asian thing as well, right? But, you know, Asians like gold because they save for their dowries and stuff like that, right? For kids' dowries. But was it, were it not for my mum's gold jewellery, which she could bring over, uh, we then used that as a down payment to buy a shop, right? With my uncle becoming a guarantor. Uh, so my father had a news agents to begin with. And we had a, a, a very successful import-export business in Uganda, importing rally bikes from Nottingham and selling them to the African market, right? So we've always been traders, right? Um, but... Yeah, with that going on, what's going on right now with gold is that with so much fiat money printed, it's losing its value. You know, and, and I did a, a YouTube video on what is money, right? What is money? You know, when, when someone can print it for free, absolutely free, they start the printing presses. What's the value of the 20 quid that's in my pocket right now? It's devaluing. So what we're finding right now is that currencies are being devalued. So the pound is being devalued, you know, uh, the dollar, US dollar is being devalued. And you will find that harder commodities like gold will increase. Gold is in a, in a, in a bull market, it, but gold is also a widow maker, right? You've got to remember that gold is also a widow maker, right? So gold can fluctuate really, really, it's quite volatile. And the best time to actually buy gold is when it's down there. And sell it when it's up, you know. But if you're a long-term holder of gold, right? And, and a lot of people, you know, so a lot of people gone into crypto. So, you know, Bitcoin has taken off, you know, all, 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 the, uh, uh, all, all that market has actually taken off, basically. You know, uh, Ethereum has taken off. Ethereum's had a good run. It'll probably go back to its all-time high. Uh, you know, XRP, again, very, very, yeah, it's, it, it actually hit two quid. Uh, it's at uh, 68p at the moment, um, but it's Bitcoin that really took off. So it's, it's aiming towards the all-time high. Um, but again, you know, a lot of people are saying uh, Bitcoin is the new gold. I'm a bit of an old fart. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I believe in gold mainly because of the story that I've told you, right? So, you know, it, it is a case of, uh, uh, for me, uh, gold is a, a secure way of uh, preserving wealth. And I'm also a great believer in silver as well. Uh, but these two assets have been undervalued for a long time. Now, the problem is this, that the prices of these two items are manipulated by a bank called JP Morgan, right? They are the, one of the biggest manipulators of the gold and silver market out there. Right. You would think that it would be the actual asset itself that determines the price, but it's not. It's actually the spot price in the derivatives market or in the market that determines the actual metal price, which is crazy. So because it's quite volatile at the moment, you know, if anyone's thinking of buying gold, uh, it's in a little bit of a downtrend at the moment. Um, but gold, again, has cycles. Right. So we're coming to a gold cycle, uh, a, a bull gold cycle again in December. Right. So you take it. Same with Bitcoin. If anyone follows Bitcoin or any of the cryptocurrencies, you know, things 
what people have to realize is that I'm sure that people do know things go in cycles. Yeah, everything has a cycle. And if you can understand that cycle, then it can help you find out, well, when is a good time to buy? When is it a bad time to buy? Right. Another cycle that I spotted years ago were supermarket shares. Right. Supermarket shares. Guess what? Before Forget COVID now. But before Christmas, have a look. Bring up the chart. Supermarket shares used to you know, do a little bit of a run and then dip down because they didn't know what, whether they were having a good Christmas or a bad Christmas. And everyone knew that, you know, that the Christmas uh, earnings would be uh, stellar. But they did their run prior to Christmas, right? Then after Christmas, everyone went, well, they've had the best time. Now it's the rest of the year is just a slow grind and the shares started tapering off. Again, it's, it's cycles and understanding what things are happening. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's what I would say. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. And we, you and I, we've talked about this so many times, about the, the, the different views depending on your generation um, and the different views on wealth and, and becoming rich. Um, the younger generation at the moment seem to want everything right now. It's immediate gratification. So things like property or investing in, in um, stocks takes time it's where the real wealth comes from um, but it takes time what do you think about these people that want to get rich quick okay uh I'll, i'm going to come to that but i just want to correct you on something if, if you okay. don't mind okay of course. all right when you look at the sunday times rich list yeah there are people who are hedge fund owners so the two asset classes that make people really wealthy are property and stocks and shares never forget that there's two right uh, there's always two. Um, so going back to, sorry, uh, uh, your question of, so I just wanted to put you straight on that. I didn't mean to, you know, but I just felt that it was wrong saying that. So I, hope no, you I don't appreciate mind. that. I hope you don't mind. Um, but yeah, wealth is created in two ways, right? You look at the, the rich list, Sunday Times rich list. They're either in the property or they're into, they've got their own company or they've got some shares, but there's also wealth being, look at Warren Buffett. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's doing the, those shares as well. So your question, sorry, Richard. <laughs> I lost track. <laughs> so, no, it's fine. So the, the different views by different generations. So yes. the, the older uh, generations will look at things that provide longer term, steady and yep. more secure growth. But we've got the younger generations that want yep. to get rich quick. Yep. Um, is that possible? And what's your view on that? The, the, right. balance? Um, the thing is, again, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of these uh, courses and stuff like that. The get rich scheme, you know, uh, get rich quick schemes out there. Right. Yeah. You, getting rich is a is a process. You will get there. You have to have a vision to get there. You will get there. Right. Um, wealth, true wealth is developed over a period of time consistently doing certain things right so a lot of these yeah there's loads and loads of these property courses out there richard right there's absolutely tons of them yeah oh you can become a property millionaire you can do this yeah you can make a lot of money in property but it is also unless you go into development it's actually a process over time right you could probably make more money in, in the share market quicker which goes back to, you know, I don't know if people have been following, uh, you know, uh, or they've heard of the Robin Hooders, right? Uh, have you heard that in the American stock market? Yeah. So what happened during lockdown? And, and I think this is phenomenon is also occurring worldwide. 
it's not just an American phenomenon. It's a phenomenon that's also occurring in the UK, right? Uh, and that's where Kiki is quite good, yeah, because there's a big generation gap between me and Kiki. So you get one side and you get the other side, which is great, right? Uh, so if you follow our YouTube channel, uh, sorry, I'm just going to give it a plug behind me. Uh, you know, Infinity Wealth, uh, you know, we do regular updates on, on both property and uh, YouTube. Um, a lot of people during the lockdown, you know, they were investing. They decided that actually they'll go out there. And Robinhood basically is a, a platform where they don't charge you anything to actually trade in shares. So they were just constantly buying and selling, buying and selling. They were momentum traders. So you can get wealthier in the stock market. Let's say if I had 10 grand to start off with, let's say hypothetically, I had 10 grand to start off with. That 10 grand uh, it, it, it will take me a lot longer in the property market to, to double that or, or to create really big wealth. Whereas in the, in the share market or in a leveraged uh, trade situation, you can actually make quite a lot of money. So I'll give you an example. Bitcoin, a friend of mine, you know, I, one of the big regrets that I had was, you know, I've got a really good friend of mine, a landlord himself as well, and he told me about Bitcoin. Now, he told me about Bitcoin when it was 200, right? Bitcoin, 200, right? He said, Matt, have some. He said, you should buy some. I thought, oh, wait, 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 no, man, what are you talking about? 200, right? It then, I think, went to 800 or 1,000 and then fell back all the way to 200. And he said, you should buy some, you should buy some, right? And Stuart, and I still say to Stuart, that was a big regret, right? How many Bitcoins would you have had, right? Rick? Yeah, Stuart bought uh, quite a lot of Bitcoin and it went through the roof. On the same vein, you know, I'm a, a landlord, so I've got a lot of student land, uh, students as well. I had one student, right? In, uh, he's an IT guy anyway, uh, but he was doing computer science. He bought some Bitcoin, right? He bought, I think he bought Bitcoin at 400, something like that. And um, he's got no student debt. He used some of his student financing to buy a bit of Bitcoin. Right. And he sold it at the top. You know, when it literally when it hit 20, uh, 20,000, uh, 20, basically, he sold it. And so, yeah, he had no student debt. He's got no, see, because he did that. So I think the younger generation are able to do that, but don't necessarily follow a quick rich scheme. Most of the quick rich scheme guys are there just to sell you something. They're there to sell you a bloody dream. Yeah. You don't need to be sold a dream. Have your own dream, have your own vision, and just follow that path that you want to follow. Uh, but, you know, these guys like pulling on heartstrings, you know, I just think it's really bad that they do it that way. Yeah. And that's why we want to be different. We want to be completely different, completely transparent, saying, well, actually, you know, right now, Richard, if I was a 24 year old, I'll go into the share market. I'll tell you now. Right. Because I think, I think um, right now, we are having a shift occurring. I don't, I don't think property is going to collapse. No, I think there must be some air taken out of the property market. It just makes logical sense. But what I don't see is that necessarily the high growth, right? Main reason why is because the high un unemployment. So people are going to be really pretty badly unemployed, pretty badly affected. Although, you know, uh, it's going to be hard. You know, Sunak is, uh, Richie Sunak has already told you how hard it's going to be. Then there's the additional taxation that's going on as well. So less and less people can go, well, actually, why do I want to go into property? 
you know, it's, it's a bit of a nightmare. And I'm saying to you, property is great long term. So please don't, you know, don't not go into property, right? But have some sort of, you know, uh, uh, in your mind that actually that I'll, I'll look at that. If there's the right deal, I'll buy that. But I also want to look at this other thing. And that's where I think, you know, uh, with, with the, the share market right now, with the amount of QE going on, QE affects the share market pretty quick, right? Unlike the property market. Because the, uh, in, in order for the property market, the banks then have to lend out. But the banks are not lending out at the moment, right? So they're buying, the, but the banks are not lending out. Whereas you know, the, the, uh, the central banks go in and they buy bonds. They can buy bonds. They can immediately inject liquidity into this market, which is why it just takes off like a rocket, right? Uh, but when it takes off a rocket, don't chase things, right? One of the pieces of wisdom that I, I would like to impart on people is don't chase stuff wait for stuff to come back so you know uh, yeah because kiki and i i don't know if people will be interested it'll be good to find out you know i said to kiki maybe we should do you know some courses uh, or, or, or some webinars so people can understand you know even then you don't have to be a trader you don't have to be isn't as an investor so if you're a, an investor let's say you, you you've got your eye on a share what you tend to do is that there are moving averages uh, that people follow, right? And if you take these moving averages, you'll find that it hits those moving averages and then bounces off them. Once it breaks that moving average, chances are it's going to go a little bit lower, right? But to train people on how to actually look at stuff and then they can decide for themselves whether they want to own that company. Yeah, I do want to own it. It's a little bit extended, so I don't want to buy it. It's the same as us. You know, when we go and view a property, we thought oh, the asking price is too much, right? So we back off or we make something lower. Yep. Same principle. You think, well, that's quite good. Uh, unless it's a momentum stock. Momentum stocks are different. They can really take off very quickly. But if you're at a peak momentum, then it's worthwhile just holding off and not actually investing. So classic example right now is Tesla. I don't know if people have been following Tesla, right? Tesla is on an absolute tear, right? It's on a tear because it's been introduced to the S&P. Right. That's brought Neo and, 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 and uh, Ping, all the other uh, electrical car companies through the roof. Right. They're on a momentum trade. They will come down. But once once the once Tesla is introduced into the S&P, what you tend to find is that that stock then loses its momentum. People are not going to chase it. All of a sudden, there'll be a correction down. So I think the correction will uh, come after it's been introduced into the S&P, because right now, People, fund managers are actually buying Tesla in order to fit their profile because they have to follow the S&P. But once it's in the S&P, they don't need to buy anymore. And there's always a correction. So if I was going to short, I'm not saying short Tesla. I'm not saying it. If I was going to short it, and you have to be a very, very brave man to short it. If I'm going to short it, I'm going to short it day before it goes into the S&P. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, the million pound question. Go on. So you you you've talked about BP, Glaxo, Tesla. Yeah. How do you spot one that's you know you're you're seeing it? You mentioned Glaxo twelve year low. How do you spot that? And how do you say right? Okay, I don't think I think that's now at its lower point. I'm prepared to take a bit of a risk, but it's not going to carry on tumbling. I know it's a million million pound question, which is why I'm asking it. No, it's it's uh, right. Look in in trading. Uh, even, you know, I think even the, even a basic investor 
who doesn't necessarily should understand support and resistance should be able to determine a graph, right? A, a stock graph. Reason being is you don't go out as a professional investor, property investor, you don't go out and just buy a bloody house because you've got the money. You do your due diligence. Understanding a stock chart is your due diligence. So when I, you know, when I look at a stock chart, I do my due diligence. What I do is a, you know, a top-down view. So I, I do a view over the last X number of years. Then I filter it down, filter it down. If I'm going to buy it, I'm going to filter it down to see where it's going to, where it's going to be. You know, is it still going to be up or has it been up for, yeah, in, in trading and, People don't need to know this. There's called something called the Fibonacci uh, numbers. I don't know if anyone understands Fibonacci, but in trading, that's the other thing, right? Uh, and this comes from experience. Fibonacci went five, three, uh, was it five, three, seven, uh, nine? Yeah, you know, the, I can't remember all the Fibonacci numbers. It's crazy, isn't it, really? But uh, 12, sorry, yeah. Um, so a stock, if it goes up for three days, it's likely to come down on the fourth day if it doesn't come down on the fourth day it's likely to come down on the sixth day after 12 days stock up it has to have some sort of correction down right so uh, but that's just you know how i look at it so when i when i'm looking at uh let's say uh yeah any share so you know someone was actually i saw something let's say banking shares right banking shares believe it or not i bought some banking shares right I hate the banks. I've always hated the banks because I lost a shed load of money with the banks, right? So I've always hated the banks. But I looked at I looked at Lloyd's TSP, right? And I thought this is a very well-run bank in the UK. It's not like Barclays that have you know risk at capital. They are uh, they're a lender. They've been hit quite hard because everyone felt because of COVID, they were going to take a huge whack, right? Because they would have to make loan provisions as well, write-offs with property because they're, you know, they're big involved in property. So they'd have to have bigger loan provisions. They didn't, right? If you look at, when I looked at Lloyd's CSB, I thought, hold on a minute. So this share price is almost the same time as the financial crisis. In the financial crisis, these banks were going to go bust. So you're telling me that you're now valuing this bank which is probably in a better situation than it was before, right? Uh, because the, the government, you know, regulations, what have you, you're valuing that as the same time as the financial crisis. No, sorry, I'm having that. I'm having that, right? And I was waiting, 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 waiting. <laughs> I wanted to hit 20p. My target was 20p. I'll buy as much as I could at 20p, right? It didn't hit 20p. Uh, I had to, I, I bought it at 24p, I, I bought it at 25p, and I bought it at 26p, right? Uh, so it was a case of just uh, uh, averaging in. So, you know, again, two weeks later, it's at 40p. It hit 40, 40, 40 and a half today, right? I could have sold it, but again, my Lloyd's is dividend. I bought it also for the dividend, right? But I made money on that as well. So, and, I, and what I think people need to be aware of, you know, one takeaway I'd like to say to them is keep your mind open, read, keep your mind open. You don't have to be a genius to, to figure something. You just have to have common sense. And that's what's not taught out there, you know, and, and I, I laugh with Kiki because I say common sense is not common sometimes, right? 
but it is common sense. It's just using logic, saying, well, actually, that doesn't make sense. And understanding that human emotion drives certain things to a, a, a very optimistic level and very pessimistic level. And when it's in a pessimistic level, it's a case of waiting. You don't have to jump the gun, right? You don't have to jump the gun because I, I think there'll be another correction coming. I, I can see a correction coming between now mm. and, and, and Christmas. Uh, the, the market's risen quite a bit, so it, it has to give some steam off, right? So I'm ex expecting maybe 10% you know, correction, 5% correction, but some sort of correction to occur, right? Because uh, it's gone up like a bullet at the moment, right? Um, but then it's the time to say, okay, well, it's corrected now. Should I, should I buy some? Um, but it would be interesting to see if people would be interested in if we did a, a you know an online course or something like that. It'd be interesting to I would do it face to face, but obviously because of COVID, I can't. Sure. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see if any of your guys would be interested in something like that. It's okay. something we've been discussing. But, yeah. That's uh, we'll we'll poll poll the members. Yeah. yeah. You know, the uh, you mentioned something uh, really key there, and it jogged in memory when I back in my career was working in London Docklands. Yeah. Uh, my, my my boss said to me, he said, two newspapers you need to buy every day, Financial Times and The Sun. And I yeah. looked at him with a screwed up face. And he said, Financial Times, so you know what's going on in the markets. And The Sun, so you know what's going on in current affairs. You've got <laughs> stuff to talk about with your clients. And you know, it's actually really good advice. I, I really dislike The Sun. I'm not recommending yeah, yeah. it. But, yeah. but yeah, the, the Financial Times, just having that hard copy paper to, to be able to, you know, you've got the summaries on the front. You can just see what's going on. It's so, so yeah. important. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's, I keep banging on at you and uh, Nina as well. You know, you need to, people need now more of a diverse uh, portfolio, right? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Please don't do it. Please don't do it, right? Um, yeah, I, I remember I went to a property meet, right, where this gentleman came to say, oh, he came to me and said, oh, you know, you've heard of these ones that take money out of your pension and you can buy property, right? So he came over to me and he said to me, you know, oh, I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think? I said, well, do you own some property already? And he said, yeah, yeah, but I'm thinking of buying some more. I said to him, well, personally, I, I can't give you advice, but if that was me, I wouldn't be doing it. And he went, well, why? I said, because you're putting all your eggs in one basket. At the moment, you've got a good weighting in your pension, You've got some shares in your pension and you've got some property, right? But you're now going to take it out of the, the share market and put it all in property. What happens? Don't forget, property doesn't necessarily go up all the time. People forget. Yeah. And when they forget is when it's booming, right? They forget that property does not go up all the time. Look at 2008. Look what happened to property prices. Yeah. So, Always have it a balance, you know, just say, well, actually, I'm going to put a little bit, I'm going to invest a little bit in property. I've got my property, but I'm going to do, especially now, Richard, they're going to screw us, you know, with the taxes and, and you know, with capital gains. So if you buy, if you get some ICEs, right, and there's some simple ways of doing it as well. If you are not, let's say if you're not, you haven't got the time or the inclination to necessarily look at uh, stocks, you're going to get more bang for your buck if you pick the right one, right? But the other way of doing it is if you're really conservative and you're older, right? And you're older. When I say older, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a risk taker, but my age, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I've done that in the past, is to invest in uh, e uh, ETFs, basically, right? Mm -hmm. ETFs are a basket of that particular product, 
and it, uh, it, it, it saves you from being blown up by a single share because it's a basket of shares, right? So if you're a, a bit more conservative, you can do that. That's very conservative. Or you can follow index trackers as well. But don't follow index trackers in the, in the States because they're skewed with, with all the technology companies. But you can certainly do it in the FTSE, yeah. Interesting, thank you. And you know, something you've just said there reminded me of something I was about to do. It was around about four years ago, we were out for a curry and I'd made an investment in a company. I was getting great returns and I'd just refinanced one of my properties and I had just over 200 grand. I was going to bang it all straight into that. Yeah. And you just, you, you just, I remember you just put your, your, um, your fork down and said, you do not have my permission to do that. Now that the I so I didn't. Now my initial investment still carried on going well for about another eighteen months. I then actually had to. Uh, I, I had a long and drawn out uh, legal battle with that firm. I ended up getting all my money back with interest and all my costs covered. Yeah. But I just think, crikey, you know, if I hadn't gone out for um, dinner, with I think I paid for that curry. So uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, it was. Uh, an exceptional piece of advice and I was just doing exactly that sticking all eggs into one basket it would have been a horrible horrible decision yes. so um, thank you um, for uh, all of the advice that you give me so that brings me on to a, a, another question that I've been wanting to ask and then I'm uh, we've got some other questions that are coming sure. in from the audience so I'm going to ask those sure. but um, it's it's linked to quite a few things that you've said in times like this people get excited about what the masses are doing and we're seeing yeah. so much of that behavior at the moment. What's your view on that? Yeah, you, look, in order to be successful, you've got to think away from where the masses are thinking, right? The masses drive uh, everything, but you've got to be the outlier. If you want to make really good money, uh, big money, you have to be the outlier. So the masses, if you look at the masses at the moment, um, you know, look, you know, at, at the moment, that when I look at the world at the moment, people have been insulated. We can't still see that we're in a double dip recession because most people are still, you know, luckily, those people that can work, they're working from home. Um, and it hasn't really quite affected us, but it will, it's coming, which is unfortunate. And I don't like saying that, but it is coming. Um, but the masses are, are, are at the moment, yeah, I mean, I, I see people talking about property all the time um, at the moment. And I, and I just feel like just getting a few people and just saying, hold, wait, wait. If it's a blinding deal, buy it. Yeah. But if it's just working through the numbers and just about doing it, don't buy it. Don't buy it because you know what? This thing's coming down. Unlike, unlike shares, you cannot dispose of property very quickly. You can't. Yeah, you can't. It takes time. Whereas with shares, you can just dump them. Where you get, oh, I've changed my mind. I've dumped them, or I've made a profit, and I, hey, uh, yeah, I, I'm dumping them, right? So that's where the that's where the, the the difference lies as well. So I would urge people just to say, listen, maintain calm, right? But with such discrepancies now the world's gone mad you know it's like one extreme to the other extreme that presents opportunities right uh yeah when it goes to one extreme you don't have to you know in my case i short the market but you shouldn't short the market right because it is a dangerous game um but you know you can actually sell some stuff right um so like you know, uh, I, I was saying to Kiki, you know, one of the bits of advice I was giving to Kiki was, you know, he was into Neo 
which I don't know if you follow our YouTube channel. Right. Follow our YouTube channel. So, you know, he and I were talking about Neo. Um, and I said to Kiki, you know, I felt like phoning him up and I said, I'll, I won't. Uh, I'll tell him afterwards because I don't want to disturb his flow or his zone. Right. In trade, you want to be in a zone. Right. So I don't want to disturb him on that. Um, but, you know, Neo took off. Right. So let's say if you're in a stock that's really taking off. Right. That, that, uh, that is a momentum stock and it has really taken off. What you should always do as a sensible trader is actually dispose of half. Yep. Dispose of half, then let the other uh, amount ride. If it doubles again, dispose of another half, right? Because if there's a pullback, because there will be a pullback, nothing goes up forever and nothing goes down forever. Always remember that, right? Nothing goes down forever, nothing goes up forever. So if it's going to rocket to the moon, that's fine, enjoy it. Dispose of some as you're going along, because when it does come back down to earth, you can restart buying again. Yeah, because you then can restart buying again. Right. Uh, so it, those are momentum type stocks that you should always, you know, uh, look at. But, you know, it, it, even though I said that, you know, it, today I was thinking, should I sell those shares? Oh, I, I kid you not. Right. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. We're all human beings at the end of the day. Right. We're all human beings. Right. So I think, shall I flog them? Because that's a bloody good profit. Right. That is. I'm making 10 grand, Richard. 10 grand, two weeks bugger all work, right? I'm thinking, that's a lot of money. I thought, that is a lot of money. I thought, yeah, but you know what? I didn't buy it for the 10 grand. I actually bought it for long term. And that and that's in my ISA. And that's not anywhere else. That's in my ISA. So it's tax-free, right? So I thought, should I sell half? I remember telling Kiki that. Should I sell half? I was thinking, no, I, I'm buying it for the yield. I'm buying it for the dividend. I'm thinking, I oh, know I'll probably regret it because it'll come back to 245 and I'll go, oh, but then because it's a share in that category, uh, you have to pay stamp duty, right? So you have to pay stamp duty of half a percent. You have to pay trading costs, but that's why I've got, you know, if it's a trading share, I do it in a different way. I buy it in a different way, right? Um, then when it's a long-termer, when it's a long-termer, I'll buy it in an ISA, I'll pay the stamp duty and I don't want to be flowing in and out all the time. But when I'm, when I'm trading uh, and it could be swing trading for a couple of months as well, uh, that, that could be that, that I would just buy that on a, a on a CFD uh, or, you know, a, a, another type of platform. And I'm ho happy to give people, uh, you know, guide people on that as well, if they want to get in touch uh, about that as well. Brilliant. Thank you. And I have one last question before I think Nina's well, going to um, then um, start asking the questions that have come in live from, from the audience. So um, what's your schedule? Do you trade every day? How, how does that work? How do you make sure? That's that a good question. Actually, it's a very good question. Um, well, first and foremost, I'm in property, right? So, you know, what, what I tend to do is, uh, you know, I, I do look at uh, the morning. So I have a little morning brief. Um looking at uh, the financial papers and stuff like that on my phone just to to figure out what what's been going on around the world what what news events have been occurring in the financial world um and then i just basically just get on with my day uh, so it is a case of not necessarily just following uh, the shares every day uh, it, it is a case of depending on what you're doing you know if you're trading then obviously you have to sit in front of the computer all day uh, and i'm fed up with sitting in front of the computer all day i don't want to do that um, so yeah, I, I, I would buy it like, uh, like Kiki as well, you know, when he bought Neo, he doesn't follow it. He's not on it all the time on the graph. You know what he, he's doing is he's left it 
to ride when you you just got to leave, leave things to to go right uh, and then decide oh, okay when it hits that level you know for me it, it's what i said to you you know uh, when bp my target for bp is 350 because i think that's a fair price for bp right if it hits 350 i'll sell uh, I, I, i'll sell more than half of it basically right um, I'm thinking at three pounds, so I have lowered that target a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, so uh, with, you know, with Lloyd's as well, I've got, I've got, I've got a target as well, 55p, um, because I think that's a fair target. I don't know if it will get there straight away. Um, but yeah, so I've had those things in my head. So when I trade as well, I've got targets that I want to go to. Brilliant. Martin, thank you so much. Nina, over to you with the questions. Martin, you just kind of just answered um, one of my questions that I had. Um, I know that on um, market shares, the, the prices can go up and down and fluctuate yes. so much just during one day um, mm. of trading. And, and it's, um, I was going to ask you, what's your tip on, um, on ensuring that you, you're always looking for it? Do you have an, an app which alerts you when it gets to a certain level or is there something like that? Yeah, yeah I mean, I do. I do. You know, I, I mean, if people are interested, um, you know, we work. If people are interested in trading, let me know. I can make introductions to brokers and, and what have you, right? Um, so I, I can certainly do that for, for, for you guys. And if people are interested in learning more about, even as investment, not necessarily trading, what to look for. So when they're looking, maybe if people are interested in, and, and, and I think it's worthwhile doing a course, uh, a quick you know, webinar uh, course, then, then I'll do that, you know, but people let me know. Um, but yeah, so it's not, I don't look at it every day, Nina. Uh, you shouldn't, you know, because, because of the wild durations, yeah, if you've got a large position and you're a trader, you need to look at it every day, right? But if you haven't, if you remember, I, I came to one meeting and I was constantly looking at, at the, uh, the share market because I had a huge position on Nina, right? I had it, you know, I've had positions of over a million pounds. Yeah, I, I trade. So when I go mad, I trade like a hedge fund, right? Um, and I and that's when you know, it, yeah, it, it, so I don't want to do that. Not not my age anymore. I'm not interested in that, right? Um, but it, it's to keep it. It's to keep it within your your level, right? And within your comfort level, right? Not to over trade. Um, to under trade is better. Just to pick the right spot. You don't necessarily, you know, right, right now I've told you a couple of things. The market will come down. If it comes down and you are interested, buy some, right? Because you're buying it and then decide, well, I'm going to buy some for the long term. Or, or you know, so am I just going to buy it, tuck it away, keep it in a folder somewhere and, and you know, within two years it'd be, well, or if it reaches my target, then I'll sell it. Otherwise, I'll leave it for two years and hopefully it will double in price, right? Um, so that's what you have to decide, I think. Yeah. Okay. I, I hope I answered that question. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, so I have a question here. What is the entry level capital required to invest in stocks um, or FTSE companies? Right. So there is no, yeah, if you're just buying, the, the thing about ETFs is that ETFs don't carry any stamp duty, right? So I used to trade in my ISA before. I used to trade the FTSE 100 because there is no stamp duty. 
right? There is a, a fixed cost for, for trading, but there was no stamp duty. So I used to like playing the FTSE and the FTSE also gives you a dividend. The FTSE dividend at the moment, I think it's 4.8, if memory, it's been, it goes up and down depending on where the FTSE level is, right? Um, but yeah, so you could trade it as a, an ETF as well. Um, but yeah, so I would say the minimum start capital. Okay, so you don't have, you don't have to, uh, another bit of advice, right? Is let's say you are, you don't wanna trade, but you want to actually make some future investments, right? Why not have, and, and a lot of the banks do it, why not put aside a hundred pound a month, let's say, right? You put by a hundred pound a month and it basically buys the FTSE 100. So all it's doing is if it comes down, it's buying it. If it goes up, it's buying it. All it's doing is buying it. So there's a, a program that it doesn't pick the price, right? It, it just buys it for you. So it's almost like savings, as long as it doesn't all collapse, but it's not gonna all collapse, right? Um, then it's just constantly buying that, uh, the FTSE 100, where it's up or down. And that's a good way of averaging out. Now, if you were going to trade, if you were going to trade, I would say to you on a trading basis, uh, you can start out as little as 2000 pounds, right? But you should not leverage the whole of that 2000 pounds. You should have a big, big buffer, right? So you should buy a smaller amount of shares and trade with those until you get comfortable and build that capital up. And it doesn't take long to actually build that capital up if you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, if you are, yeah, if you've got more, then I would always say, 10,000 pounds is a good way, right? Um, because that will give you a lot of flexibility. But I know that some people don't necessarily have the 10,000, but they have 2,000. So on the 2,000 uh, pound level, there's different ways of trading as well. So, you know, the, the government in, the, in their wisdom, they stopped leverage or they stopped the amount of leverage that people could take, right? Professional traders can do a one in a hundred leverage right? A one in a hundred. So I put one pound down and I can buy a hundred pounds, right? That's how absurd sometimes the leverage is, right? Uh, but they stop that for retail customers. So the vast majority of you guys, I would say probably all of you guys are all, uh, you know, retail uh, customers. So you could probably get a one in five leverage, which is the same as a house, right? So I would say to you, when you're doing that, if you want to make money a little bit quicker, then to use a little bit of leverage. Yeah. Lovely. Oh, thank that. you. Yeah. Apologies. I had myself on mute because Billy oh, yeah. will be snoring uh, next <laughs> to me. <laughs> so I've got a next question here. Um, what are your thoughts on airline shares? Like, oh, wow, they've taken off, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they have. They've, have you seen what they've done? Oh, my God. EasyJet. I could not believe EasyJet. I looked at it. I thought, bloody hell. You know, where did that come from? All because of COVID. No, look, one thing that you've got to realize about the shares as well is if you're looking at long term, look at the debt, the amount of debt that these guys carry. It's very important, right? Um, because debt can be crippling. So, you know, as, as, uh, as property investors as well, we all know that, right? Uh, if you carry too much debt and you're over leveraged, you could really get yourself into a lot of trouble. Shares is no, no, no different. It's the same. If you're a good property investor, you're going to make a good share trader, right? Because a lot of the principles are cross-related. The common sense part is cross-related, 
right? So I would say to you, uh, oh God, I've forgotten now, train of thought now. Nina, help me out now. <laughs> help me out. Share prices of airlines. Oh, that's it, yeah. So yeah, the, a lot of the airlines are pretty heavily indebted. Um, they've really taken off quite a bit and that's not a, a pun. I would be less inclined to go for their airlines. Um, you know, the Robin Hooders have been chasing the airlines because what they did was they bought up all the most beaten down stocks around, right? Um, and then obviously when uh, the vaccine was announced, they've taken off, right? They, they've literally, <laughs> yeah, they've gone. Actually, another great share was Rolls-Royce, right? Uh, you know, a lot of the, pe because people weren't flying, so Rolls-Royce took a real battering. And again, I had my buy target on Rolls-Royce. I missed it completely. They announced COVID because I can't buy them all. So I thought, yeah, I'll buy that. I'm just going to wait, going to wait. And it just went bang, literally. And I thought, well, once it took off, it was my mistake. I should have actually jumped on, but I didn't. Uh, I thought, no, I'll come back down to earth. It never did. Um, but I would say, yeah, you know, once again, it's not financial advice. I would say that the airline carriers, you know, look at where their shares are trading through their history on the chart, right? Uh, is it quite, is it still 50% less? They will go back to normal capacity over a period of time. It might take two years to actually go back to normal capacity for people to gain confidence and start traveling again. Um, I would say that they're overcooked at the moment. Uh, I, I, I would be more inclined uh, to take on other shares right now than, than airlines. I'm more likely to short airlines at the moment than, than actually buy airlines at the moment, yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, that brings me on nicely to the next question. Um, if, something, if someone wanted to start off investing with a smaller small account, what kind of companies would you look at? Would you look at penny shares? Or? No, no, no. That's one thing, you know, uh, if you're trading, uh, I wouldn't necessarily look at penny shares. There are companies that are used to be FTSE 100 that have gone down to penny shares. Look at Lloyd's TSB. Right? That's a penny share. In it. 20, 20, uh, 4P is a penny share, right? Um, look at Rolls-Royce, right? Rolls-Royce, I think, I think actually it hit. You know, my target for Rolls-Royce was around about 50P. No, they came there. Uh, 30p initially and then 50p raised it but I, I missed it completely um, no I, I, I don't tend to uh, you know if you're again if you're looking at an investment perspective uh, again there's lots of uh, magazines out there that give you the share tips and that it's again like Richard and I were saying about the get rich quick schemes right oh buy this one because it's there are having said that Please watch my YouTube video. I will be doing an update on where I think people should be investing in certain companies for the next 10 years, which I see huge potential for, right? And that is forward looking. Um, but yeah, so just going back to, to penny shares, I would say to you, look, you know, just be wary of, of penny shares, right? You can make a lot of money if you get it right. Um, but I, I tend to concentrate on uh, FTSE 100 because I trade as well, right? So uh, with trading, uh, although it's volatile, it's less volatile. I would never, ever trade uh, you know, a, a penny share. They, my brokers wouldn't allow it because there's not enough liquidity in it anyway. Right. So you have to trade. If you're a trader, you have to trade stuff with the liquidity. So there's plenty of shares, plenty of buyers out there. And it's all to do with liquidity when you need to get dump it or when you need to buy it. There's plenty to, to, uh, for it to be around. Yeah. 
Lovely, thank you. Um, next question, um, watching, watching the price um, action only is a, oh, sorry, I'm trying to read my own writing. Um, <laughs> is it a good way to start watching the price or would you recommend using something like an MACD or other? MACD, yeah, it's MACD. MACD, yeah. sorry. Yeah, it's MACD. Uh, okay, so the, yeah, uh, price is the ultimate arbitrator, right? Price is the most important thing. Uh, when you're looking at oscillators like MACD uh, and, and, and indicators like that, uh, yeah, they do lag a little bit, uh, but it, it, it is price. Moving averages, MACD, yeah, again, we're going into very technical uh, realms, and I'm happy to talk about it, but I think the vast majority of the audience wouldn't understand that. You know, I, I would the takeaway from the vast majority of people I would like to do is even if you don't, you know, uh, want to, one thing is start investing a little bit into stocks and shares for long term. Yeah. Uh, try and diversify away from just property. I'm not saying go away from property, but try and spread yourself a little bit because I, I, I think that there will be an advantage coming uh, in, in the future. I think you know, a lot of people are saying we could have started the next new bull run. We may well have done in stocks and shares. Great, thank you. Um, one more question from me and then I'll hand back to Richard. Um, yeah. do, you, do you trade in FX? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. Um, but I, 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 I prefer, I, I prefer, I trade gold, I trade silver, uh, I trade uh, sugar, you know, I trade the commodities, all the commodities. Uh, yeah, sugar, when it, if you look at, if you bring up the sugar side uh, chart, you'll see that it hit below 10, you know, 10. Uh, and you'll see where, yeah, if it's there, it's a buy, right? Uh, again, with uh, certain commodities, as, uh, commodities is a supply and demand issue. It, it, the price is actually de determined by supply and demand. So if there's a drought somewhere or yeah, you're always going to change or soya beans, that's how it's, it's determined. But people don't, you know, like I say, if you're a trader, you can do stuff like that. Uh, but for, for oil, right? You know, I mean, what I'd like to do is uh, say to people, look, you know, there are a couple of companies that I can introduce you to that, uh, will open accounts for you, but you've got it on your phone. You don't necessarily need to trade it. If you see an opportunity, you could actually take advantage of it. No, well, actually, I've already got in. I'm logged in. I can just buy some of that, right? Um, but yeah, so that that's what I would say. Brilliant, Martin. Thank you so much. So, um, the, as a parting thought before we wrap this up, um, in in summary. What's your view on the necessity for having a diverse investment portfolio? Especially now, Richard. No, uh, I, I think it's really, really important right now, um, especially with, you know, all, all the things that are going, uh, that the headwinds that property investors will find, like myself and you and uh, lots of other people that are on, on tonight as well. Um, it, it's worthwhile to actually learn and, and, and be a bit more diversified right um because yeah and, and and take advantage of where you can earn money without being taxed right so like i said to you, you know most people don't uh, when they think of spread betting spread betting is uh you know it's share dealing but in a different way um but again there's no capital gains there's nothing there's no cgt nothing right so any money that you make in uh, trading <laughs> that way it it's free, 
basically. Right? Uh, the other way of doing it is if you don't like that is obviously doing it in ISIS. Um, but I think it's important, especially now, Richard, you know, that people need to be money is the value of money has dropped. So what do we do with our money that's in our bank account? What do we do? Right. We're looking to buy a property. I'm looking to buy a deal. I can never find one. And I look, you know, I look really hard, but I know I've got quite tough criteria when I buy stuff. Um, but nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense because I can't put a value on it. It's very hard to put a value on it because I know that, you know, there'll be a recession coming or there's going to be a double dip. So how do I value this? Right. Um, but my parting would be, you know, learn to actually uh, try and diversify yourself, learn new, new skills as well. That's what I would say, you know, and trading is you don't have to be a trader. You can be an investor. Brilliant. And your pension fund is invested in stocks and shares anyway. Right. But you've got someone else managing it for you. This time you're going to manage it. Yeah. Fantastic. Martin, thank you so much for joining That's us. Right. I, I, can I, I do I a quick plug? Can I do a quick plug? Absolutely, go for it. Yeah. Okay, listen, guys, one of the things is, uh, you know, you've probably heard of our, our uh, YouTube channel, Infinity Wealth. Um, behind me, you'll see, uh, you know, our website. Please register uh, onto our website. Yeah, we are a, a new platform. Uh, and our mandate is to educate people about building wealth. It's all about building wealth over time, right? So we regularly, uh, Kiki does, uh, and I do a, a video on stocks uh, on a Wednesday. Uh, today, we took a break, so we'll do one tomorrow. And then at the weekend, I cover the property market and what's what's been going on and where I see the uh, advantages. So please follow us, subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, and be great. And if you are interested, please let us know if you think, you know, I could actually do with a, a, a little bit understanding charts uh, and, and yeah that'd be great so then we could do a, maybe a, a webinar about that yeah sounds sounds fantastic thank you so so much i hope everyone's enjoyed it so yeah i, I certainly have i i love chatting with you about yeah. this stuff and i you know from from when we first met and uh, your um when you mentored us with property through to you know we, we talk about all diverse investments we still talk property it's um it, your energy and your um you know your level of understanding and detail is just exceptional and i'm grateful for everything you, you shared yeah. with myself and nina and obviously our entire audience this evening so thank you so much fantastic well that wraps up today's show thank you so much for listening to learn more about what we do or to get to know us, please visit inspiredequity.com. Join us on our next show for more interactive property discussions. Until then, I wish you good health and continued success. Go out there and be inspired.